Hello, everybody, and welcome to... <laughs> you are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Mark, Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Yours. This is episode 320, take two. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. Not my dog, who just made a noise. Uh, Alex is not here, and we also can't bring the awesome, but we can... But we can bring the man who forgot to wake Green Day up. Mr. Stephen Fontana. I did. Uh, Green Day is still sleeping. They're going to be sleeping through at least October. So hopefully I can wake them up when October ends. But we'll see. You know, I did that joke on the Lost episode. <laughs> and nobody ever heard it. And I'm just surprised I actually remembered to do it this time. <laughs> well, sometimes bad jokes must live on, Tricky. And I'm the All king right. of bad jokes. Hey, it wasn't a bad joke. It was actually a funny joke. You just didn't get it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think a little explanation is needed here. Uh, as you heard me say, this is episode 320, take two. That's because we recorded uh, episode 320, and something happened with the audio. Alex's audio got all jacked up, and all of our all of our tracks got unsynced. It was just it was beyond repair, and we could have synced it back up by manually doing it. But when we looked at the audio for Alex's. Uh, we don't know what happened. He turned into a robot about 15 minutes into the show. And at that point, it was just uh, unsavable and we had to scrap it. So I apologize for not getting the show out. Um, as I said, uh, we can be better and we will be better. And you guys, the whoredom, deserve a better show. So we didn't want to put out a shitty product. So we're just going to re-record that part. Minus Alex, because Alex is not able to be here this week. And we're going to give you the news from last week, and we're also going to give you the news from this week. And hopefully, you guys will enjoy the show. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too long of a show, because that's what Steven's not wanting, because <laughs> of the fact that he does he's going to have to edit this, no matter how long <laughs> it goes. And we're already both in bad moods, because uh, we, we were going to record this show after the Rangers game, but after... The, the score went to five to one. I just sent him a message saying, let's just go record now. Yeah, it's I'm actually slightly upset that I could see what what appears to be the hockey game behind you. I can't make it out, but I, I don't want to even watch it. But they did score a goal before the end of the period. So it's five two. It's not not all is lost after after the first period. <laughs> well, it, it, here here's uh, something else. Uh, I didn't tell Steven yet, but Steven knows part of this already. Uh, we this is the second game of the season. So the first game of the season, the first time the ho- the goal horn went off that you know you guys know and love. Uh, if you've listened to show of yours, you've see- you've heard it in the background. Uh, first time it went off, it scared the shit out of my dog. She didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> then she figured out what it was, and then the second time the Rangers scored, this was actually the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Me, my daughter, and the goddess, we all. We screamed out, yeah. 
The dog immediately looked at the light. And when it went off, she started dancing around. <laughs> so I said my dog is definitely a Rangers fan. Definitely. Fast forward to tonight. The whole the goal horn went off. She started dancing around again. I'm like, this dog is definitely a Rangers fan. Then we're wa- we're sitting on the couch and like you know how they say dogs don't watch TV? This dog is glued to the TV. And I don't I, I really don't know if she could understand the concept that the Rangers are really losing right now and it's it's bad. And that the fact that uh I got up to walk away from the game is saying something. So in the process of walking to the computer to record this show, the Rangers scored again. And then the horn went off. And the dog looked at the light and just went, woof. <laughs> Obviously, she barked. But she just, like, one sad, like, okay, let's hear it three more times. And then, you know, we'll be back in this. So. <sighs> she, she She's like, yay. But it was like that sympathetic, like, <laughs> it's about damn time, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, there's some fight in you yet. Uh, but this dog does not leave my feet. She's currently under my feet. And I don't know if you saw her, Steven, but I put a picture in the staff chat. I did. Dog logic. She's literally laying right next to her bed. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to lose too many people talking about the Rangers this week. The, oh, the only person we season- lost is Kalai. The, se- the season only just started. There's uh, 80 more games to talk about. Yes, but Stephen, we have to take advantage of the fact that we could talk Rangers now because we don't have Alex and Yield and Mark and everybody else, you know, screaming that the Rangers suck and, you know, doing bad Ranger jokes. And, you know, Kali's husband can actually listen to an episode. Yeah, but uh, the, the, you know, the issue is now that they're going to have a whole week to think of what the, what they want to say, especially if the Rangers lose their first two games of the season. They're going to have a lot to say, so I don't want to give them any more ammunition. Well, all their ammo's gone when they realize how much we're kicking their asses in uh, fantasy hockey. Oh, it's not even fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm up by like 70 points. It's not even fair. Yeah. I, I, sadly, I'm playing Homer my first week, and I'm only up by like five points. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <sighs> you guys are killing me. All right, let's do. Let's get into the agenda. Let's do the thing. Uh our updated trophy counts. I am level 33, total trophies of 8,326 with 77 platinums. Alex is level 29, 6,313 with 92 platinums and 91 games. Yield is tw- level 25, total trophies of 4,794 with 72 platinums. Steve? Hey, that's me. Yes, it is. What are your trophies? Oh, sorry. I thought you froze there for a second. You were just really quiet. <laughs> I, I was waiting. To, I, I said Steve, and you went, "Hey, that's me." And I was like, "Okay, keep going." And I was looking at you, and it was like, "You didn't move." Okay, um, I'm level fourteen. Uh, yeah, I have one thousand seven hundred forty-four is still because I'm uh, reviewing a PC game right now, so I haven't been playing. And I have a platinum count of four. And Sid is level twenty-six. Total trophies of five thousand five hundred forty with seventy platinum. So you know, maybe we should update that because last time I got yelled at by Sid. But by not having an accurate count. Oh. So so give me one second. Vamp for a second so I can look up Sid's trophies. Because God knows I cannot get Sid's trophies wrong. You know, last week when we when we recorded the first take of this episode, I, I we hit a nice little we had a nice little stride going. Um 
especially on the topic of the week, which I won't spoil. Um, but I think you're, I think you're all uh, in for a treat because Tricky and I have a whole week where we warmed up for the first half of the news. Um, so <laughs> we'll be, we'll have some things that we're going to want to say. Uh, but we're all, and we'll also cut out the BS that you know when you when you're trying to come up with things to say on the fly. Uh, so we'll cut out the fat. We're gonna. This is a, this is a lean, mean fighting machine type of episode that you guys are gonna get. Um, All right. So found six trophies, and woo-hoo. he's only up thirteen trophies for the week. So that he he kind of slacked off this week. Only yeah. So his uh his total trophy count is five thousand five hundred and fifty three. He's uh two trophies short of doing the five 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 deal. Yeah, he is. And uh, that five 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 is a a shout out to. Our ex super fan Jared, who we've now lost. Oh. He's gone to the dark side. Oh. The dark All side. Right. So let's get into what we're playing. Steve, we'll start with you. What have you been playing? All right. So um I'm gonna be re- reviewing for Proving Gamer uh Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, so I've been playing that. Um there's a lot of content in that game. Um I'm trying not to get bogged down in one theme park because you know what that's like. You you could spend months and months on one theme park. So I'm trying all the different types out, playing that. And I also picked up uh, Golf Story on the Switch. Um, so when I'm in bed or just watching TV, I boot that guy up. So I've been playing that. And uh, that's really it. No no PlayStation for me this week. Um, hopefully that could change this evening if we could uh, finish early enough tonight with the recording. Maybe you and I could play something. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, what we could be playing is uh, Lego City Undercover because I'm playing that since the last time I played it. My save got corrupted and I had to start all over again. No bueno. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am think I'm just back to the point where my save corrupted. So well, I'm progressing. Prog- now. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race there. I'm, I'm, I'm not recapping now. I'm progressing. At least it didn't, uh, at least it didn't um, erase your uh, trophy stuff i mean that uh, you know what i almost wish it would have uh so you know what you got I... no because then at least while i'm recapping i'm earning trophies as i'm going yeah yeah you know and it's not just like oh well i, I know a trophy should have popped here but it didn't all for nothing yeah, yeah. i know a trophy should have popped here but it didn't all right so let's get into our topics our first topic is our playstation plus games which you guys already probably should know by now. And Chris Jericho decided to interrupt the show because I forgot to mute my phone. <laughs> All right, so our first our first topic at hand is something you should know already, and that's the PlayStation Plus games that were released for the month of October. Uh, heading off the list is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Also, you are going to be getting uh, the Amnesia Collection, which includes both the Dark Descent and the Machine for Pigs. And the rest of the PlayStation Plus games are Monster Jam Battlegrounds for the PS3, Hustle Kings for the PS3. Uh, Also for the PS4, you're going to be getting You and Sky Force Anniversary, which are both your PlayStation Vita games. And Sky Force Anniversary is also for the PS3. So... Yeah, obviously the big hitter there is Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, as we've discussed a few times on this show, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. I know you are as well. But Five scared me away. A lot of what people said about that game scared me away from it. But now I really don't have an excuse. Um, 
aside from that, I have many bigger games or big games that I need to play this year. Before, you know, so we can talk about game of the year. But um, I, I look for. I'm I'm very happy that I'm going to be adding it. Uh, I'm going to be able to add it to my library. So it'll be good. I'll get to it eventually. I'm I'm hoping you do play and put some good time into it because Frosty from the uh, remember the poop podcast. I mean. The the Poop Brothers podcast. I mean, the Loot Brothers podcast. Um, me and him got into a little bit of a debate about uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, it started off because he, Stephen, he threw out some fighting words. Word. He said he, he, he quote, threw out some uh, "Breath of the Wild is better than Last of Us" type fighting words. Well, I, I you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this, and I know that you really. You can't defend me at this point, but I know you will. He said, and I quote, as a Metal Gear Solid fan, which I'm now calling into question, by the way, that's not his quote. uh, This was the worst in the series, but the gameplay was solid. Uh, And then I called him crazy and he said, worst one in the series, man, facts are facts. It was a rush pile of great play, play, gameplay, LOL. That's about it. It doesn't feel like Metal Gear Solid at all. And then he said, and I quote, when my opinion echoes the opinions of thousands of Metal Gear Solid fans, facts are facts. And then I said, I guess I'm glad that the millions of Metal Gear Solid fans don't agree with you. The millions and millions. Um, Yeah, his sentiments are what I have heard from a lot of people. However, what what they usually back that up with is that it was still one of the greatest games they've they've ever played. So my fear is that it's not a great Metal Gear Solid game, regardless of the fact that it's a really great game. Um, you know, it, it uh, for, for me, I play, I play Metal Gear Solid for the cinematic um, presentation, the, the big boss fights, the, the grandiose moments like that. Um, the, the crazy storyline. I don't play it for, to get ranked on missions or to build a base or anything like that. That's not why that's not why I I you know play those play that game. So that's what turned me off to 5. It's why I didn't end up playing it. I didn't like Ground Zeroes. Um I just felt like it was a little bit too it was too boring for something that's supposed to get you excited for Metal Gear Solid 5. Like it was just a little bit too toned down for me. It would have been nice if it was just a quick little infiltration and then a huge boss fight as opposed to just kind of like going around and I don't know. It just wasn't, it didn't do it for me. For me, the best in the series, both technically presentation wise and all that stuff is probably four. I really, really love that game. Um, but the, the, my favorite one is the first, obviously Metal Gear Solid, but I digress. I'll give it a shot. The next bit of news we had is a little bit of sad news. Uh, Agents of Mayhem developer Volition has reportedly hit layoffs. Over 30 people have apparently been let go, including Volition General Manager Dan Cermak. Uh, Deep Silver is reportedly dissatisfied with the sales of Agents of Mayhem, which released last month. Uh, IGN reached out to the publisher for comment. They did not give one. 
Uh, but if you guys remember, Volition was acquired by Deep Silver back in 2013 after THQ was dissolved. The developers also known for the Red Faction franchise. So our thoughts and wishes of those people, hopefully they find a new job very soon as they're very talented uh, developers. Yeah, I think yeah, obviously it's never good when people lose their jobs. They'll they'll find they'll land on their feet. The this industry is good to to their own. Um I, I'm telling I really feel like the biggest mistake that they made was not calling it a Saints Row game. You know, Saints But it was it, but it's not Saints Row. I know, but it it has a very similar aesthetic. It has a very similar charm. It has it, it's it's over the top crazy. If they really wanted to sell it and I and I know why they didn't. They needed something to dif- differentiate its th- their franchises. They needed another a new fran- top franchise to put out like like a Red Dead 2 Grand Theft Auto, that type of thing. Um but Agents of Mayhem was a new IP, didn't quite work out. Um it didn't it wasn't advertised well at all um as far as what I can remember. I think the only ads I ever saw for it were on like Oh we have a goal. That's a Rangers goal, baby. It's a Rangers goal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is a two-goal game. Um, but what I was saying was uh, Agents of Mayhem, it wasn't really advertised very well. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, I, I wish the well for them and, you know, wish well for those guys uh, and gals. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest mistake was not calling it a Saints Row game. Even if it wasn't just spiritually, they could have even said Saints Row presents the Agents of Mayhem. Like it would have been goofy as shit. It would have made no sense, but that's that spirit, um, and it probably would have boosted the sales quite a bit. All right, update because I, I sent you the link in Skype so you could watch the game on Facebook. Uh, the goal was a power play goal by goal scored by Mika Zibanejad, assisted by Kevin Shattenkirk and the Hobbit himself, Matt Zuccarello. Shattenkirk, that's a point for me. Or, All or right. Now you do realize that if that horn goes off two more times while we're recording, we are pausing recording. We are pausing recording. <laughs> and go watch the game. <laughs> All right, and and listeners, you will not know if that happens. Oh no, I, I, there's a good chance I'll leave it in the show. Um, not not the not the length yeah, of just, the pause. No, no, just to say, leave, just leave the end, the audio running. <laughs> this will be like a five hour show, and people, the listeners, will be home like. Where are they coming back? Where are they coming back? It'll be like the Waterman Part 4. Uh. All right. Uh, the next bit of news is Rocksteady is apparently teasing new developments, quote, coming soon. I love the uh, the the editing job on this article on ProvingGamer.com. <laughs> the, qu- the quotation is coming, quote, soon, end quote. Hey, that's basically all the information we got, so got to run no, with no, it. It's- Instead of the quote starting before the word coming, no. it starts after the word coming. Yeah. All right. It's bizarre, but. All right. Like the Dark Knight vanishing into the shadows of Gotham City, Rocksteady Games has been relatively quiet since the 2015 release of Batman Arkham Knight and last year's release of Batman Arkham VR. Batman Arkham Knight was seen as a satisfying conclusion to the Arkham series of games. Wow. The editing job on this article is fucking great. Did you know series is, is spelled S-R-E-I-S? We're on a roll today. <sighs> <sighs> a franchise that arguably changed the way action and comic book hero video games are um, 
I, I, I don't. I can't even keep. Listen, listen. Anyway, Rocksteady came out with a tweet <laughs> uh, saying, "Be patient, fans. We know we're not talking right now, but when we do, we're going to lose their minds. Can't wait." Here's the thing, wow. Tricky. ProvingGamer.com. We're not. We're not robots. Okay. <laughs> We're not a big oiled machine. We're I'm just wondering how the hell that made it through. And not only how the hell did that make it through, but I read this article last week <laughs> and didn't notice these errors. <laughs> Maybe we're being sabotaged by somebody. Listen, that's what makes us great, man. That's Hey, listeners, that's what makes Proven Gamer great. We're a bunch of goofball human beings, and sometimes we make mistakes, but we have some fun when we do it. And that's why you choose us for your news, because we are true proven gamers we're not just you know some suit and tie sitting behind a desk booyah check that pitch that's how you turn shit into a into a nugget of gold that's how you do it tricky anyway there's another rock that has some news i'm sorry i'm I'm currently yelling at our editors (laughs) yeah All right, the next bit of news is Rockstar has re- has released a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. You can go watch that trailer, hopefully, if it works properly, on ProvingGamer.com. Uh, but according to the IGN article, we have some news, some backstory behind it. Uh, there is a new protagonist being revealed. Rockstar has revealed released a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption. It reveals official first details about the game's story, which will be a prequel and star a new character, Arthur Morgan, John, not John Marston. Rockstar describes the game as the story of outlaw Arthur Morgan and the Vandalian gang as they rob, fight, and steal their way across the vast and rugged heart of America in order to survive. The Vandalier Gang is also known as Dutch's Gang, which is the la- game's last protagonist, John Marston, would eventually join and leave. The trailer shows what looks like several activities, including hunting, breaking horses, bank and train robberies, and yes, lots and lots of violence. We also see different parts of the environments, including expected old west towns, prairies, pine forests, snowy mountains, and crocodile hiding hide swamps. Leaks last year suggested the game would be a prequel set to the east of the first game, the first game's location, including a version of official city New Bordeaux, the setting of Mafia 3. Both of those facts seem to be true, given Dutch's younger appearance in the trailer and the description of, quote, Heart of America, end quote, as a setting. Alongside the story, we also know the game will feature an online mode set in the main, main game world. It also seems likely that this will be Red Dead... Red Dead Re- Red Dead's take on successful GTA Online template. If leaks are anything to go by, the mode will be called Red Dead Online. Uh, Following a delay, Red Dead Redemption 2 will be released on the PS4, Xbox One in spring of 2018. Steven, what is your feelings on the Red Dead? It was an excellent trailer. It looked a little weird. It looked almost a little bit... It it had that... um uncanny valley type thing going forward it looked like really real but then when you looked at it you're like "Ooh, that's a little that's scary anyway um i want to be on media blackout for this thing i'm a huge fan of red dead redemption i really really love that game um so i i don't want to know much too much about it this hearing you uh read that article now twice um is uh (laughs) is more is more information that i want to know about that game i'm super excited for it it looks fantastic true story about red dead one i bought the game And I was excited to play it, but it sat in its plastic literally for four months right next to my PS3. Hmm. 
and I never opened it. And then one day I was saying, no, I need a new game to play. And I went, oh, shit, I never opened this one. Played it, and I played it for three months straight. Yeah, it's it 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 was one of those games where I started it. Um, I really liked it. My my wife, she was actually probably my girlfriend then. Um, she would sit next to me. She would watch it. She'd be like, "This is a game. This is like what games are." I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is a game." And uh, so she she got invested in it. And then when I got to Mexico, I stopped playing for a little bit. I got really busy at work. I just didn't really have the time. And then I picked it up randomly one day. She was sitting next to me. She's like, "Oh, I you know it's been a while since you played this. It was probably like two months." And then she heard people speaking in Spanish, and she speaks Spanish fluently. So she was translating all of the Spanish when I was playing through Mexico. And it made – because it's pretty well known that the Mexican part of that game is a little tough to get through. It's a little slow. Um, But it was really funny with her translating all the stuff that they were yelling at Marston as he's walking through their town. So it made it 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 a little bit more special for me. Hola, ¿dónde está el baño? Uh, Probably off the kitchen, one door to the left. You know what I said? Yeah. Hello, where's the bathroom? (laughs) Very good. That's how I answer the phone. (laughs) All right. So we have two bits of news for Assassin's Creed. Uh, We're going to go a little out of order in the way the agenda is written. The latest addition to the Assassin's Assassin's Creed franchise will have its first difficulty sentence in the series. Assassin's Creed Origins already stemmed seemed to set the change in the series in multiple ways, introducing RPG elements and having a sharp focus on exploring the vast open world. In an interview with Assassin's General via Games Radar, game director Asif Ishmal has revealed the changes keep coming and with the difficulty options being added for the first time in this, the series. Ishmael says that the this new addition to Assassin's Creed arrives to cater to the worldwide fan base of the game. Quote, some people play for the historic content, some people play for the narrative, some play for the gameplay, and what we feel by going deeper into the gameplay challenge of the game, we're feeding one part of the audience, but not others, so it's a natural step up for us to think, well, we'll give it a difficulty setting. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a no-brainer these days. I mean, you want to make your game, you want to cast your game in a wide net, you want a lot of different people to play it. Um, it's a business. You're not, you know, some, some people just make like a piece of art and they get it out there and that's fine. Um, Cuphead is a, a good example of that. It's, it's pretty difficult and, but it's, man, people are bitching about Cuphead. Though. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah. It, I mean, that's another discussion for another time, for another podcast. Maybe we'll do a PG spoilers just on that whole thing of difficulty in games and whatnot. But, um, it's a good thing, you know, it, I mean, it's not exactly something you want little kids to play. It's pretty hyper violent. Um, but at the same time, it's something that you want a lot of people to enjoy. So, whatever. No big deal. He goes on to explain that the difficulty sentence can be changed dynamically during the game to suit challenges rather than being faced and will alter several aspects of enemies rather than just beefing up their health bars. Uh, players looking for a sentence with no combat will ha- at all will have to wait for a new Discovery Tour mode, which will release for free from t- some time in the game. Uh, that leads us into. Oh boy, tricky! <laughs> uh, I got, I got. Hold on, I got to refresh, refresh. <laughs> it has not popped up yet on Facebook. I see. Pe- look, look, I see people are jumping. They, are they challenging it? No, it's just for some replays. Uh, hold on. Still says five three. Interesting. Still says five three. Were you delayed? 
I think it might have went off for the wrong team. <laughs> Damn it. I think Budweiser screwed up there. <laughs> False alarm, folks. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Facebook says 5-4. And there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> wow. That's pretty delayed. I don't know why that's so delayed. Hey, good news, though. One goal game. One goal game. 5-4. Uh, where were we? Uh, Assassin's oh. Creed. Uh, interactive <laughs> uh, museum mode. Yes, sorry, listeners. You like, I don't think the listeners understand how big Ranger fans we are. It's kind, of, it's a disease, people. It really is. Assassin's Creed Origins is going to double as an interactive museum. Assassin's Creed Origins will receive a free update post-release, adding a mode dubbed "quote Discovery Tour." Releases sometime in 2018, Discovery Tour will take assets from the game and place them throughout Nova World. Players can visit places like Alexandria, Memphis, the Nile Delta. Don't make that joke about Tennessee again. <laughs> as soon as I said Memphis, I knew you were going to make that joke again. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to find a way to release some parts of the, last, <laughs> the, the lost show so some honestly, people get these jokes. Tricky, since I joined Trophy Horrors, we have, I think we scrapped like four episodes. I'm sure we could yes. piece together something. <laughs> we could piece together uh, one hell of a blooper reel. You can go to the Great Sand Seas to see NPCs going about their daily routine. In Place of Combat is a series of guided tours meant to teach the players about the game's setting and historical significance, all arranged by actual historians. When asked about how this mode came about, creative director John Guston had this to say, quote, From the beginning, the Assassin's Creed franchise has always explored pivotal moments in history, from the Third Crusade to the Italian Renaissance and this year's Ancient Egypt. It's a dream come true for us as to offer a discovery tour by Assassin's Creed Ancient Egypt, an educational mode built for the people to learn about the incredible history of ancient Egypt throughout the interactive experience made possible via a video game, end quote. Assassin's Creed has always been a bright spot in games that teeter towards education while not being too in your face about it. Now, mo- now, those of us who wanted a bit more context with all our bloody brutal content can have just that. So I think this is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's worth noting that when you turn on Discovery Tour, all combat and all other game sense basically turn itself off. So if you wanted to go... Now, I don't know this for for uh, for a fact, because I haven't gotten to this part of the game yet. And yes, I do have a copy of Origins already. Um, If you wanted to go to the pyramids, and the pyramids are high... Or, you know, you can't get to the pyramids because there's a lot of high level NPCs. You can turn off discover you can turn on Discovery Tour and be able to walk up to the pyramids and the NPCs won't attack you. They'll just be running their normal day. That's a, a really cool mode. It's it's and I and I hope more games do this, especially ones that are set in signif- in a uh, you know significant part of history and stuff like that. It'll be a really cool feature to have on other types of games. So I, I know that when uh on last on the last episode we talked about this with Alex and Alex was really hyped about this. He said it gives him another reason to buy the Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, I haven't played since uh, Black Flag. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I played Unity. I didn't like it, so I stopped. But um, Black Flag was the last one I really loved. Um, but yeah, this one this one's giving me a lot more reasons to to jump back in. Again, it's another massive open world game that I really don't think I'm going to be able to get to, but I really hope I can so I could be involved in the game of the year discussions. But again, Shadow of War, that's another one I need to get. There's like 
This is too much. It's too much, Tricky. Uh, you know what is too much? Yeah. PlayStation, Aust- PlayStation Australia giving away a real-life platinum trophy. Yeah. It's too much because these un... un- oh! Oh, boy, Tricky. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Pause the show. <laughs> Hold on. The TV is delayed. <laughs> we have to wait. <laughs> Play some elevator music right now. Side game, baby. Yeah, buddy. All right. So, listeners, when I said we were going to pause the show, I really didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I got to be honest. But now that I got to live up to a word, so. All right, and we're back. Uh, we did take a break, as I posted on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, the Rangers are losing again, down by two goals. So hopefully, my theory of the Rangers only score when I poop or I record a podcast is true, and you'll hear the goal go off two more times. And if that's the case, I'm not stopping recording this time. We're just going to keep it rolling, and hopefully you hear the goal horn at least three more times. Yes, indeed. All right, so where were we, Stephen? <laughs> we were talking about Australia giving away real-life platinum trophies. Yes, we were. All right, so PlayStation Australia uh, apparently has launched a competition that rewards trophy hunters with real-life platinum trophies. PlayStation Plus Platinum Hunters described as a, quote, competition for the gaming connoisseurs to play, compete, and rewarded for the hours of effort to unlock every in-game trophy, end quote. PlayStation Australia has crafted four physical Platinum trophies to reward the most passionate players who Platinum games. The competition kicks off with FIFA 18 from from September 26th, where players can share a screenshot of their FIFA Platinum trophy to go in the drawer to win the physical one. Trophies will be rewarded those who Platinum Gran Turismo Sport and Call of Duty World War II. Now, Steven. Yes, sir. I like the idea of them giving out real Platinum trophies. It's very cool. What I do not like is the games they have chosen to reward these Platinums with. Yeah, I can't seem to make sense of it. I mean, whatever. I guess it makes... I, I don't know. It, uh, there, there's got to be a reason for it and because we don't live in Australia. Maybe they're just the popular games. Uh, I don't know. But it doesn't seem... seems a little silly to me. Maybe maybe they'll do that in America and it'll be diff, different types of games or whatever. I don't know. I agree yeah, with you, that, though. Now, granted, this is just in Australia... If you're from the United States or any other country, you cannot compete in this. Uh, you can, if you are from Australia, you can check out the full terms and conditions of the competition. 
while the rest of the world will have to settle for their digital counterparts. Yes, indeed. Which I Our... which I see very, very few and far in between. All right, so that was all the news from the original version of Episodes 320. So let's get into the news that came afterwards. Sure. Now, I'm going to skip a couple couple topics down here just to keep it, uh, you know, somewhat organized. And let's talk about Gran Turismo Sport. Gran Turismo Sport's demo will be out as of this recording. And the demo will be available from the 9th until the 12th. So the 12th is what day of the week? The 12th is Thursday. So you'll have, if the show comes out on Wednesday, which hopefully it will, uh, you'll have today and tomorrow to download the demo. Uh, As detailed on the PlayStation blog, any vehicles unlocked during the demo, as well up to a million dollars as of in-game credit will transfer to the full game when it is released on October 17th. Uh, Three different racing modes, Sport, Campaign, and Arcade, will be playable in the demo. Sport is all about competing for the fastest lap time, while Campaign features on various challenges and missions. Arcade, meanwhile, is GT Sport's, quote, jump in and drive, end quote, mode, featured a wide range of vehicle classes on three pre-selected circuits and offline two-player split-screen. The demo, which PlayStation Plus members can preload starting October 7th, will also let players test out Scapes, the racer's photo mode, as well as the library editor, which is the car customization feature. I am not a Gran Turismo fan, so I will not be downloading this, nor will I be buying the game. But I know that uh, former host Troy is a big Gran Turismo guy, although he says he actually favors Forza now over Gran Turismo. I think the the cool thing out of this is like, I this is a really cool way of doing a demo. I hope that other games do s- similar stuff where, you know, your your I- your items and save stuff. A little bit of it carries over. That's a really cool way of doing a demo. Um, I hope this sets some sort of precedence going forward. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a racing game guy. I just I I'm really really bad at them. <laughs> so I just uh, yeah I think test drive four, test drive four for PlayStation. I think that was the last one I ever had. All right. And now this next topic uh, uh, that we're going to talk about. And I, Stephen, you haven't actually weighed in on this. And I say you haven't weighed in on it because me and Troy have had a, a going back and forth over this topic. Sure. So let me report the news before I actually give my opinions and hopefully sprinkle in Troy's opinions on the matter itself. All right. Uh, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition is coming in 2018. It may have taken some time, but Street Fighter V is definitely is finally getting an arcade mode when Street Fighter V Arcade Edition launches on January 16th, 2018. Along with the must-sought-after arcade mode, the announcement post on Capcom Unity blog revealed the following features will be coming to the new version of the game. An extra battle mode, gallery mode, new V-triggers for all characters, and a completely redesigned UI. For people that own the ge- already own the game, all these features will be released as a free update. New players can pick up the game, which includes all the new content plus DLC characters from Season 1 and Season 2 for $39.99. Now, I'm going to let you speak on this a little bit before I get into 
what me and Troy were going back and forth with on the uh, Facebook. Okay, so originally when I got involved in the conversation, I didn't really know what was going on. I thought it, I thought what they were doing was releasing um, a mode that the people who already bought the game would then have to uh, purchase this mode. I didn't realize it was going to be free for everybody. So I guess that really makes my my point in that argument moot. However, I I think the thing that sucks about this is strictly related to Street Fighter. Street Fighter is an arcade game, and the fact that it didn't have you know your run of the mill arcade mode was stupid, and <laughs> so. I think that is the is the egregious error in all of this. Um, but you know what? It's coming, and I guess if you're still playing Street Fighter V, at least you have something to look forward to. That's kind of my, I guess, my take on it. It doesn't really seem like it's that much of a of a big deal. It's free, so. But yeah, that that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, so I'm not going to read every single comment along with the Facebook post. But I posted, um, as of this recording, uh, yesterday, so the quote-unquote free update to Street Fighter V to quote-unquote Arcade Edition screws over anyone that bought the season passes as we now get all those characters free. But hey, at least we get an arcade mode. How do you feel about that, Frosty and Jerry? Now, I put their real names in there to tag them, but I'm not going to, no government names as we try to do on this show. Uh, Frosty responded, same way I've always felt about Capcom, sucking our wallets dry. And it isn't free if you never own those characters. It's like $40. Um, uh, then I replied to him, to that comment, Arcade Edition is a free upgrade to all Street Fighter Five owners. Steven, you said, I feel like Capcom needs to shake up a management. I fully agree with you on that. Yeah, just the whole Mega Man thing, the Resident Evil, it's, it just seems like they aren't taking advantage of their their franchises that have such a huge following um it really seems like they're dropping the ball on there but that's that's another again another discussion for another podcast sid then weighed in and says they should at least give something to the players who paid for the characters i'm glad i don't play fighting games steven replied to that comment by saying it's not just fighting games that do this we see this with game of the year editions these days, people who buy season passes for big games get screwed six months to a year later after the game comes out. Is it really screwing them, though, if those people get to play the DLC early? Steven went on to say that's really what DLC and season passes have become, early access to DLC. Sid replied, Steven, yes or no, I feel there's no no in the sense that you're right, you do get access to the DLC early, but yes, if you pay for a season pass and they bring out something that's not included. Uncharted 4 did this. I believe they even charged the changed the name just so they could get away with it. And then I replied, Game of the War Editions is different. Game of the War Editions you have to pay for. All Street Fighter, Fighter, Street Fighter 5 owners are getting Arcade Edition for free. Now, the, the rest of the comments are go along with that. But then, fan favorite Troy left a comment. And that's where the conversation really picked up between me and him. He said, why is free update in quotation marks? And I replied, 
Because the people who bought the two season passes are not getting a full free update. They're paying for the new game by paying for it in the past. They're, they kind of pre-ordered the free update. Troy responded by saying kind of like everyone who bought for Fortnite. I said yes and no. People paid into the early access with the full knowledge that the game would be free to play in the future. And then Troy responded, which is worse, paying money to play something now that you know is going to be free in a few months or something given away free that you paid for a few months ago that you weren't able to play for before it went free because they sound exactly like the same thing. In which I replied, that's kind of a loaded question because it leaves out info. If I know it will be free in the future, I have the choice to pay for it now or wait. If I don't know it will be free, then paying for it now seems the only way to play it. I agree. Troy's I agree with that with that sentence. Yes. Continue. With what I just said? Yes, I agree with that sentiment. That if you don't know that the game that this stuff is going to be free and uh, which it which sucks because all this hap- it's it's basically back to to my point as well. Why would I buy DLC for a game or a season pass for a game or or even buy the $60 game if I know that a game of the year edition is coming six months later, eight months later, that's going to have all the DLC and all that stuff for the same price as the base game. Now, if you're a day one adopter that, you know, that's why you do it. But, you know, it's it's they're giving us more and more reason to wait on their on their games. It's a lot of publishers are doing this, but okay, continue with the conversation. Uh, Troy then said in uh, a new comment, I bought Metal Gear Solid 5 at launch. Should I be pissed that it's already been given away free for Plus this month? Or the 125 hours I've played already spent playing the game is enough to justify me playing for it early. And then uh, in in I left another comment before Troy made his last one. And I said, I also feel like Capcom straight out lied to us when they said there will be no other version of the game. Street Fighter Five was going to be the only version, right? They, I think they were speaking more towards like tournament edition or or whatever. But but um, that's what this is. That I mean, listen, breaking it down, okay? Breaking it down to this, and there's a whole thread about this particular issue, uh, which got got off the the DLC characters. That's a whole other thing because. What arcade edition is is another version of the game. If they had said that an arcade that the game is going to be upgraded to arcade edition and it's going to be free for everybody, that would have been fine with me. Well, but them going to retail with a version of this game—that's a no, a whole other version of this game. They are pay, making people pay for a new game, a new version of the game. Now, it is different if they released Arcade Edition and then it came out. Because one of the things that Troy pointed out in this thread was that you could essentially go buy Street Fighter V off the bargain bin. Right. Buy it used. And get the free update when it comes out and you don't have to pay the $40. Yes, absolutely. That is 100% true. There's no denying that. But if Capcom is going to market... With a different disc, right. labeled a different way, that is a different version of the game. Yeah. I don't see any other way around that argument. Yeah, it seems like they, they went back on, on on what they were saying from that standpoint. It it also... Yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're going to go to retail and they're going to give a new version of Street Fighter V that's going to have this arcade edition, 
or this arcade mode baked into it. Yeah, I guess I guess that that does kind of suck. But again, this is just this is just another company trying to make their game relevant again and get and capitalize on it and make more sales. If they came out with this arcade edition for a, as a $15 download and didn't put it on a disc by itself, how would that resonate with fans? How fans would probably say this is a mode that should have been in the game to begin with. This is bullshit. Why am I paying 15 bucks for a, a mode in a Street Fighter game where literally that mode has defined Street Fighter for 20 years, 25 years? So maybe that's the the sentiment. They would rather just say, okay, you, you supported us from the beginning. So for those of you who did, here's Arcade Edition. Now, for anybody who, who was waiting on Street Fighter V, you know, buy this complete package. You'll get all the characters that that have come out over the course of the year. You'll get it's a it's a whole big thing. Whatever, fine. But that again goes. This is basically if you change the name from Arcade Edition to Game of the Year Edition, it's my exact argument is that the early adopters can feel slighted over something like this because they paid for all the extra stuff, and now all the extra stuff is coming in the same price as the base game did when the game came out. That's the trade-off. Do you want to trade your year of playing Street Fighter V? Do you want to say, I'm going to wait a year because I know a Game of the Year edition is going to come out with all the DLC and everything for the same price? Or do you say, I love Street Fighter, Street Fighter. I can't wait to play Street Fighter V. I'm going to play Street Fighter V. It's why I buy the Fallouts and and Skyrim or in the Elder Scrolls games. I buy them right away. I know that there's going to be a Game of the Year edition. It's a risk that I take. I really don't buy DLC though. So I just play the base game and then put it away typically. So all right, well that's the argument that I think could be made here. That's where that's where it's shitty is that the early adopters do get screwed. Okay, well Troy uh in comparison to the new version of the game uh sent a picture of the actual he says the actual excerpt from the interview with Ono. He's and this is Troy saying this. He never said that they would never make a new version of the game. He said that Street Fighter Five discs that you buy will be the only one you need to buy. Now that's what Troy said. Now I'm gonna read you the interview. And and Stephen, I want you because you're the only one on the show. And listeners, I want you to listen to what's being said. And then you make your judgments from there. Uh Whoever's doing the interview, which I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the source of the interview. Uh, the interviewer says Street Fighter V won't have modified updates, Super, Ultra, etc., like past entries have. Do you feel that the old approach leads to many, too many people waiting for, quote, the best version? Ono's response. I think not so much that people would hold off on buying the game until the next version came out, as much people were like, quote, wait, another new version? End quote. They'd wonder just how many versions were going to come, and that this would lead them to being demotivated to keep playing the game. With Street Fighter V, we will of course be adding characters and contents through updates. We won't be doing this through standalone retail releases with labels like Super, Turbo, or Ultra. You can almost launch. You can almost consider the Street Fighter V game disc available at launch as a kind of an insult disc that you could buy and then continue getting new content updates directly from your console or PC. Mm, which tech? So they're kind of doing both in that sense. Well, here's the thing. 
did he tell the truth that they're not releasing a super, a turbo, or an ultra? Yes. <laughs> but is he? But is he releasing a new t- retail release with the name Arcade Edition? Yes. So technically, he told the truth, but technically, he lied because this is another standalone retail release of Street Fighter Five, a new edition. Yeah, I I think that that holds water. I think that argument holds water. Okay, and the reason why I posted this is because one of the arguments is that Arcade Edition could be considered a Game of the Year edition. And this is why I say that argument's invalid. That argument's invalid because when a Game of the Year edition comes out, it's a whole separate digital download or separate digital release. This Arcade Edition is taking the base game, which every whoever bought it at launch or after launch, they charge two season passes, which I'm not exactly positive on the, the prices, but I believe they were either twenty or twenty five dollars. So let's argument say they were twenty dollars, just low end it. If you bought those two season passes to get the characters, you paid an additional forty dollars for the game. Now, me, who didn't buy either season pass, is now getting all those characters for free off my original purchase. I'm not having to buy another version to get all of this content. That is where it's different from a Game of the Year edition. Game of the Year edition, if I wanted that, I had to go to the store or go to the PlayStation Store, pay more money, and get the Game of the Year edition. This, my standard money that, excuse me, that I paid for the original game, is being upgraded for free, and I'm getting all that DLC for free. This is not a Game of the Year, quote-unquote Game of the Year edition. This is an update, which basically screws over everybody that paid $40 for the characters. Yeah. I don't know. Seems a little, seems like a a misstep. But, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but I, I, I'm kind of upset about this, and I understand that Capcom wants to make money. I got no issues with Capcom trying to make money. But I feel like Street Fighter V from the start has been a clusterfuck, and they're just continuing to pile onto it. And like you pointed out before, how the hell Street Fighter V came out and there was no arcade edition from the launch, I'll never know. Yeah, and I remember when it first came out, they said, oh, arcade edition, we're going to fix it. It's going to get better. And they, I think they added what, like a couple of story modes or something like that, or something. They 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 added. Uh, the, well, their their story mode is completely completely weird as it is. Right. It, it's it's four or five fights, and you complete that character's story. Right. It's not like now. I'm not saying it should be like Mortal Kombat or Injustice, where you go through. Like this long storyline, and just they randomly change out characters right. to fill the storyline. I'm not saying do it that way, but this is not a story mode. This is just go have five fights, and maybe they'll make sense. Yeah, eh, whatever. I'm not a fighting guy, fighting game guy, fighting game guy, and racing game. Not me. All right. Uh, so let's quit beating that dead horse and move on to another horse that uh, definitely should be beaten, and that's a firmware update. Because we know how we love our firmware updates. This is a big one. It's a big 5.0. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. So Sony announced that via the PlayStation blog that the new system software 5.0, which you obviously should have by now, because if you're still playing the PlayStation, it's kind of required that you have it. Uh, some of the features that came with the free update are team tournaments. This functionality will release on October 5th, so it's already out. Players will now be able to join different teams and enter various tournaments for supported games. Teams will have their own pages where they can see information as current and upcoming tournaments. There's also an integrated team chat feature. You can now follow anyone. You can now f- possible to follow any user on the PSN, regardless of whether or not they have a verified account. And you can now manage your messages. But messages, messages will now show previews of websites if a link is included in the message. There is much more associated with this parental controls. I was in the beta. Some of the stuff was not in the beta. Uh, but you can definitely go to the PlayStation blog and uh, definitely check it out. And there's a link in the Proving Gamer article about it. Breaking things up on your friends list is the best, probably the best part. Like being able to organize people by, you know, you could say, all right, this is my my uh, Destiny 2 clan, my, you know, my Destiny 2 friends and, you know, stuff like that. My Proving Gamer buddies. That's that, That's probably, for me, that's probably the best feature on this release. All right. Well, speaking of releases, uh, somebody at Sony Interactive Entertainment has released himself. <laughs> All right. I like that, that. That wasn't too bad. He didn't. That he kinda, didn't. He didn't. That re- sounded kind of dirty. He didn't reveal or release himself, or no, reveal or relieve himself. He released himself. Yes. President and CEO of Sony Computer, uh, Sony Sony Interactive Entertainment, Andrew House, has announced that he will be stepping down from his position. John Kyoda will be replacing House, who will stay on as chairman for the remainder remainder of the year to help with the transition process. Kyoda has been with Sony since 1992, with his most recent position being president of Sony Network Entertainment International. In a post announcing the change, House said the following about his time at SIE and the future for PlayStation: "Quote." I'm tremendously proud of what we built with PlayStation and Sony Interactive Entertainment and entertaining millions globally with the best in games and creating a fully-fledged digital entertainment company. PlayStation has been a huge part of my life for more than 20 years, but with the business having achieved record-breaking success, now seemed the right time for me to pursue new challenges. I shall always treasure the friendships and the people that have made SIE such a wonderful place to work. I'm also grateful to PlayStation fans and gamers around the world for their loyalty and support. John and the team at SIE are world-class, and I know the future of PlayStation is very bright. End quote. Kyoto joined Sony in 1992 and helped launch features such as the PlayStation Store, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now. He will take over his new role effective immediately, and you can check out uh, the full post from SIE by going to the article on Proven Gamer. So, that's two, well, actually three big sony names stepping down in recent years yeah it's a cycle it happens i think the most concerning thing is that uh um what is it kyoto kyoto right on yeah kyoto right is that right is that how you say k-o-d-e-r-a whatever kyoto kyoto okay so the most concerning thing about all of this is that the three things he he was responsible for launching came out of the gate and fell flat on their face so with the oh, with the oh, PlayStation oh, oh. Plus, Store, the PlayStation Store plus, was shit. Plus didn't fall out. Fall plus did not fall coming out the game. Plus absolutely did it. It absolutely did. It wasn't until what was it a couple of months in that they started to really they gave away the no. games and all that shit. No plus plus hit the ground running. 
and it got better uh, after the hack in which they gave us 12 free games and it just cycled out the games. <laughs> right, it took a complete disaster to do it. So, yeah, so it was the store plus, plus, and uh, and what was the other thing? So, uh, PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> not, not exactly what, what a PlayStation uh, fanboy wants to hear, but at the same time, these are the, these things happen. Uh, the top is, is you know, it, it's been a long time. It's in, uh, over a decade. That's a long time to be in a position. Um, especially at the top. Uh, it, it is a little weird to, to have those changes come while the company, well, well, I don't want to say the company, Sony in general, but PlayStation, the brand, is probably at its, at its best that it's ever been. Um, that's a little weird, but at the same time, um, that's probably the best position for the new management to come into so that they can see what made what created their current success and could you know roll the uh roll the ball downhill from there so we uh we'll see now one other thing one other sony executive that uh stepped down that we recently hadn't talked about is uh the ceo kaz harai on twitter yes oh what a it's, it's we still get the rest of the year at least but uh yeah, fake you, fake CEO has her eyes. It's very upsetting. Did did you see the tweet he made on uh, September 29th, which I thought was absolutely fucking hysterical? I don't think so. No. All right. So if anybody doesn't know the CEO has her eye Twitter, uh, it obviously is a parody account, and the guy who or girl who's behind it because we don't know uh, is definitely like cracking some good jokes and just like the the tweets that this person makes is absolutely great um steven if you remember uh recently uh the the sony started advertising the playstation credit card right uh so you know the tweet went out and it says this quote if you get the playstation credit card pay your bills on time or it will be the most expensive PlayStation card since the one you bought for the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, he—he's just whoever whoever's doing this, and I'm saying he because it's a Kazurai Twitter account. Um, is just a really smart comedian and has it has his finger on the pulse of a very very specific audience, and uh, it's great. I'm I'm sad to see it go. Oh, uh, I'm I'm reading some of them now. I love this one. This year, Nintendo hid an NES game on a device, as opposed to last year when they hid a device that the NES games were was on. <laughs> yep. Uh. Uh. So, and what what I like about this account, and we'll move on after this. Uh, what I like about this account is that during the Sony press conferences, they actually put this account's uh, tweets on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, so they know this is going on, and they still roll with the joke. That's great. All right, so moving on to the news. Uh, the next bit of news we have, if my agenda works, uh, Sony has announced an updated VR headset. Uh, don't get too excited, because that doesn't mean a price drop for any of them. Uh, they're both going to be still priced at $400. The difference in the headsets is very simple. Uh, this one, instead of having, uh, if you guys have the VR headset, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, on the wire that leads up to the headset, there is a, a little thing 
a little nodule that you could do the volume up, down, and plug the headphone in, and then you put the headphone over the uh, VR headset. Kind of, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's kind of similar to like having a pair of earbuds with the volume controls on the wire. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that that's going to be replaced by it's actually going to have a headset uh, built into the VR headset. Right. And the only other th- other thing is that it's going to have an upgraded uh uh what's the word I'm looking for updated processor, which will support HDR pass through. So. Uh, you can now on your headset. Not only can you watch uh the, your three D movies with the headset, but now you can watch HDR through the headset. Cool. Yeah, these little tweaks are always good. It's kind of like uh you know the PS Vita OLED and and LCD editions, just minor tweaks. Uh, hopefully this uh this can get the hardware a little cheaper down the road. Um. You know, they always make little iterations on stuff like the tech get, gets a little bit cheaper to make. So hopefully that's the case because they're going to really need to get these out and into people's living rooms if they're going to have any success with a with a true PSVR 2.0 type situation. And just bear in mind that this new headset is only available in Japan right now. It will be available in Japan on October 14th, and they have not confirmed a North American release date, which but we know that's coming. Right. So we'll probably get that at uh, PSX. All right, the next bit of news we have is Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition has been announced. Oh, speak of the devil. Speak of these complete Game of the Year editions. I mistakenly unwrapped mine when I got it two weeks after it came out, and I still haven't played it. Why'd I unravel it? I could have just waited. (laughs) I could have just waited for... A complete game of the year edition, and you—I mean, I like I said, I should have known it was coming, um, but whatever. It, again, the game of the year editions, though that that the reason why those exist is not is ob- obviously to make more money on a game that that already came out, um, but also because there are people who didn't get to play the game, um, and. This is a this is kind of a carrot at the end of the stick type situation where you can get one of the arguably one of the better games of this year, one of the best games of this year. Um, I I'm saying that based on what the critics have been saying and you guys have been can saying. I throw, can I throw your article or your comment off whack here? Yeah, sure. You you're you were not wrong to open up your game because there was no knowledge. That we were going to be getting DLC for this game. No, but I should have known. <laughs> I I know better than that. Like it, it's it it was one of the biggest. Uh, you know, when this game was re- was revealed, I I should have known it was going to be the next tentpole franchise. I should have. Colin Moriarty said it a hundred times that this was going to be the biggest PlayStation new PlayStation fran- franchise since The Last of Us. He knew hashtag it. Hashtag Colin was right. Hashtag Colin was right. And so I, being a big stupid idiot. I could, just couldn't hold out, but wait, is is it this is coming next year, isn't it, or is it this year? Uh, do, 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 do. uh, does not say. I oh yes, it does. Uh, it's coming November seventh. Uh, see, even worse. But there for they're... the price for the price point of fifty dollars, which is actually the same day <laughs> as the the Frozen Wilds DLC comes out. Yeah, this is just bizarre. You know what? I I just don't know what companies are doing anymore. It just confuses the hell out of me at this point. 
you know what? I, I if you played the game, there was no knowledge that this was coming. Also, we don't have knowledge of this, but apparently, the Fast and the Furious is invading Rocket League. Rocket League is adding two iconic Fast and the Furious cars in a few days' time. Uh, developer Cyanix announced two premium battle cars, the 99 Nissan Skyline GTR R34 from Too Fast, Too Furious, and the 1970 Dodge Charger RT from the Fast and Furious. Each car is priced at $2 a piece and is available for download on October 11th. Both cars come with a new set of wheels and six decals. The 99 Nissan comes with two bold, two cool, two tough, clean cut, the clutch, and home stretch decals. Meanwhile, the 70 Charger RT will have the Almighty Twin, Flames, Good Graces, Rally, Sinclair, and Wheelman decals for the players to try out. I wonder why they put Wheelman in there. Wheelman. Rocket League is just... They are just chugging along, man. They... they uh. That's a, that's a game that I will give full credit to PlayStation Plus for their success. Because Rocket League came out of nowhere, and that everybody got it for free for Plus, and the fucking game took off. Yeah. And then you have, then you have and, I say, and I say this with love and respect, you have idiots like Donnie, <laughs> who didn't, doubt, didn't download the game, even though he was a PlayStation Plus member. Because of the simple fact that he's like, I'm never going to put Rocket League. I'm not going to play that. And we kept telling him, just download it. Just put it in your cart. Put it on your account. Even if you never play it, at least you have it. And now, if we wanted to have play with Donnie, we can't do that, even though he had full access to play the game. Yeah, these things happen. I, I've, I've missed games, too. Not on purpose, though. I didn't consciously miss a download of a game. Yeah, Rocket League Listen, is just going to keep going, man. It's I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this for PlayStation Plus members. Regardless if you want the game or not, every month, go in, add it to your account. Don't If you don't want to play it, don't download it. But what the hell is wrong with just putting it on your account and just downloading it later in the future? I don't know. All right, so that is... uh. That is the end of our topics there, Stephen. Whew. So let's move over to Sid for this week's Sophie's Trophy. Hey guys, how are you all doing? Sid here again with Sophie's Trophies episode 13. Uh, the game I'm going to talk about today is a game called Energy Cycle. And I'm talking about this game because um, it's probably the cheapest, easiest platinum I have ever got. Am I proud of this? No, not really. But, you know, a platinum is a platinum. Um, I'm a trophy hunter, and that's what I go for. Okay, um, let's go through this trophy list, and I will explain why it is so simple. Um, the game itself uh, is a puzzle game. You have a grid of different coloured uh, balls, and you press on the ball you've chosen, and any ball that is horizontal or vertical to that ball will change colour. Um, you have to cycle through all the balls and all the colours and get the grid to be the same colour. Um, it's really simple premise. Um, it looks okay. It's nothing special. But here is the trick. Um, when you start the game on either time attack or I think it's called infinite mode. Yes, it is infinite mode or infinity play mode. Um, basically, in the North American version of the game, you have to play through level 1. Once you have got through level 1, all you do then is you press 
X and it will go straight through all the levels um, in the EU version uh, which I am part of because I'm in the UK you don't even have to play through level 1 you can do it straight away so it's just a case of tap the buttons um, to get through time attack mode you have to go through 30 levels to get through infinity mode you have to go through 50 levels this can be done in roughly two minutes um, and then there is a guide on uh, PS trophies uh, that shows you what to press on what levels um, when you're playing the story mode such as it is um, you know this takes about 20 minutes so 25 minutes um, I had a platinum I paid £2.89 for this game so all in all I'm quite pleased um, I'm not proud of it you know but like I say I'm a trophy hunter I'm after getting platinums and this was platinum 70 um, I will say I have to give my props to Hannah Montana now I know Tricky's got the platinum in that and people take the mic, but at least you probably have to do a bit more. Um, so this game reminds me of things like I Am Mayo and the Thousand Game. I can't remember what it's called, the other puzzle game um, that are extremely easy. Um, my view of this is the makers of these games know exactly what they're doing. Um, they make these games... Uh, for the simple fact that they know there's an easy platinum and people who are trophy hunting uh, will buy them, you know. So all credit to them, they, they've they hit on a strategy and it seems to work for them. Unfortunately, in the UK, I can't get Iron Mayo, otherwise I probably would have had that one by now. Um, right, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, once again, not too proud, but, you know, platinum's a platinum. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, Sid at Proving Gamer on the email if you want to get in touch with me on the PSN Sidders1978 or Twitter at Sydney or as usual through the Trophy Hall Facebook group ok guys, talk to you soon thanks for listening, keep getting those trophies bye alright and we're back from Sophie's Trophy you know I feel bad because I listen to the show every week and I hear Sid's Sophie's Trophy but I don't listen to it pre-show okay and i feel extra bad this week because we had an extra week to listen to it <laughs> and i still haven't listened to it it's best to do it in context to have it with the full package yeah well the the problem is is that because i don't know what sid says sometimes i come back and like there was one week where sid left a nice message in there uh for me and i didn't hear it prior and then we released the show and i came back from doing Sophie's Trophy, and I was like, oh, thank you, Sid, for another Sophie's Trophy, and completely ignored the <laughs> fact that he said something nice to me, and then next week, I had to say something uh, in response to that, so, Sid, I'm going to do better and listen to your Sophie's Trophy before the show starts. <laughs> I have no excuse this week. None. Alright, so, now that we're back from that, let's go into our topic of the week. Um, and I'm kind of sad that we don't have Alice here for this time. Because it was a nice conversation last time we had this conversation. Uh, and I'm saying the word conversation too many times. Conversation. Conversation. Okay, so... Uh, hold on. <laughs> this, this is kind of funny because this uh, these comics were made by Andrew House, who just stepped down. <laughs> yeah, maybe this, is, this was it. Maybe he put his own head on the chopping block. 
<laughs> Maybe Sony fired him. He's not actually quitting. <laughs> All right. So our topic of the week is Sony doesn't plan to make a Switch competing Vita successor. Uh, the article from IGN reads, Sony Interactive Entertainment President, now former president, Andrew House, sees the handheld market as, quote, limited in the age of the smartphone and has all but dismissed a successor to the PlayStation Vita to compete with the Nintendo Switch. Speaking of Bloomberg, who is an awful fucking mayor, by the way, <laughs> just had to say that. Uh, House explained that we do we have not seen handheld gaming outside of Asia as being a huge market opportunity. The Vita experience that was outside of Japan and Asia, there was not a huge demand. The lifestyle lifestyle shift towards the dominance of smartphones as a single key device is always with you was the determining factor. End quote. The upshot is House said there were no plans to take on the Nintendo Switch, which has boomed in its first year by combining handheld and home console play. In fact, House doesn't see Nintendo Switch as a handheld in the sense that Vita was or as a direct competition with Sony. Quote, the Nintendo device is a hybrid device that is a different approach and strategy. The folks at Nintendo have their strategy, and that's great. End quote. I love how he fact that he calls it a device, not the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> He's like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Bloomberg reports that House has not yet seen signs of the Switch hurting PlayStation sales and that its release may actually done the opposite. Quote, that draws me to the conclusion that they've really been addictive to the business in the last year or so, end quote. While still receiving some support in Japan and other Asian markets, it seems as though Sony's experiments with handhelds may be over, as House puts it. Quote, we remain focused around a highly connected gaming experience and also coupled with the f- with having great range of other entertainment experiences so you can reach multiple people on the big screen in the household, end quote. Now, what I take out of this... As I said last week, and then Alex yelled at me, is House is not saying they're not making a Vita 2. He just says he doesn't see the need to make a PlayStation Switch. Yeah, uh, possibly. I think I think his, and he, they're much smarter than me, the people that make these decisions. But to me, I think the the Switch is only... A console because they say it is but everybody i know plays it handheld and mostly handheld and that's that's just the bottom line to say that people don't want to carry around the second device is not true it's just not true people carry a phone and a tablet all the time people carry a phone and a laptop all the time people carry a phone and a 3ds we damn know that that's true because there's like 127 million of them out we (laughs) people carry a phone and now a nintendo switch at least seven million people do or eight million people are or ten million i don't remember what we're up to at this point so that's just not true i think that it's a smart thing to focus on what what you're knocking out of the park and that's the ps4 that's fine you you, you're already letting psvr die by not supporting it and and advertising it and really putting it out there the same way they did to the vita I think the I think a a truer statement would have been you know we're looking at the success of the Nintendo Switch and it would be really nice for us to you know uh, get back into the handheld market but at this point we we're just not good at it so we're going to stick to what we're good at and do what we know best and that's PlayStation 4. If he would have said that I would have been perfectly okay with that but his analysis of smartphone market taking no it it's just not true it's it's just well, not I, true. 
Well, I think there is some truth to that because there is an uprise in mobile gaming. And when I say mobile gaming, I mean like smartphones. Right. Games like uh, Candy Crush, Angry Birds, Flappy Bird, those Clash of Clans. Yes, they're flash in the pan successes that nobody really saw coming, but they're flash in the flash in the pan successes because people found them on their smartphones and it was convenient for them to play it because it was on a device they already owned. But who? Okay, that that's fine, but that's I think that's a that's a an, an argument on the other side of the coin. It's the same coin, but it's on the other side of the coin. It that that argument makes sense if you think that you're losing sales of of portable gaming devices to Angry Birds. You're not. You're not losing a sale of a 3DS to somebody that wants to play Angry Birds and Hearthstone. Those are not the same people. Who you're selling a 3DS to, you're selling a 3DS to your Nintendo people, the people that love Nintendo, regardless regardless of how they can have... I have two smartphones... I have two. I have one for work and one for home, and I still have a 3DS, a Switch, and a PS Vita. Right, but you're you are, for lack of better terms, an educated consumer. Now, without naming government names, but so name somebody in your close family that doesn't play video games. Okay, I have plenty of cousins that don't. My wife doesn't. Okay, so your wife, who I'm making an assumption here, she she plays uh, Candy Crush or something on her phone. She plays a Cooking Fever, I believe is the name of it, on her phone. Okay, so now with your wife, if you, how would you try to sell your wife on a Switch? I wouldn't. Because she's not the person that's going to buy it. He, they're, they're being, they're afraid of making a handheld device because phones are taking handheld device mindshare. It's the opposite. Gaming devices are taking away from mobile phone mindshare because people are going, or gamers, people who actually buy handheld games are not the same as people who buy phones. But, People who spend $150 on a mobile game to get in-game coins and in-game whatever, those people might be the gamers that will buy a Switch or a Vita. See, I have, I have a friend of mine who... Um, what's the game that Honest Schwarzenegger was advertising for? Mobile Strike. Mobile Strike. No, that's actually not the game. <laughs> uh, Clash of Clans? Some... No, game... Game, game of, of War. Game of War. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. Okay. That was the one that game... the model, whatever her name was, the blonde. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, what? Uh, oh, why can't I think of her name right Kate now? Kate Upton. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm glad the guy says it behind me because you would smack me on the head. Um, but I have a friend of mine who plays that game and actually reached out to me like four or five months ago because she knows, you know, I, I own the site and I do a PlayStation podcast. She's like, listen, all my friends are getting tired of this game. Uh, They want to move into buying consoles. What should I buy? 
And I objectively, and I truth be told, I told her all the pros and cons of owning both systems. I wasn't Sony fanboying out, um, but I did tell her that, in my opinion, Sony is the best way to go. And she goes, okay, you know, let's go buy one. And then I didn't hear from her for three months as far as video games goes. And then I reached out to her the other day and I said, hey, whatever happened to you wanting to buy a console? She goes, oh, we just found another game to play. That's where I'm coming from. And I think that's where Andrew House is coming from in this. And the fact that why go out and spend $400 on a console or $300 on a Switch when I already have a device in my hand that I can play games with and I can just find another game to play there. And I get your point. I, I, I honestly do, because we are the informed gamers. We are very aware of being able to play Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and uh, Stardew Valley on the Switch. And, you know, that's all well and good. But to the people who don't know shit about those games, you, you're you not going to sell a Switch to them. Let, let me let me use an analog argument, because this this is what I liken it to. Why would why would I buy a stereo system for my house to play my music on when I can use earbuds on my iPod? That's exactly the same argument. Okay. Now, here, here's my counterpoint. That person that only listens to music on their headphones no matter what, is not going to buy a stereo. But somebody who likes music is going to have both. So, or somebody who's a... a if I'm a stereo manufacturer, if I'm manufacturing, or or those uh, Bluetooth speakers or whatever, I'm a Bluetooth speaker manufacturer. I'm not saying... I'm not going to make a, a Bluetooth speakers anymore because it's too hard to compete with the Apple earbuds. That that's that's not the same argument. At least in my opinion, that's not the same argument. I mean, the Apple earbuds come with every iPod, but people still make other headphones. Yeah, but that's that's not the same thing. Is your your Apple iPods is not an essential part of your day to day life. Oh. A cell phone is. Yeah, but that, that's like, what I'm saying. To, your your to, cell phone. To this the, point the right primary now, purpose of a cell phone is to be a cell phone. Games are the are the additive to it. Correct. But a pair of earbuds compared to a Bluetooth speaker is not the same comparison because you don't need earbuds essentially to go out and in your day to day life. And I, I like. Then why make I, why make PS4s then? Why why make be, video games at all if everybody's going to be playing them on their phones? Because a console is different from a handheld experience. Well, it it doesn't have it's, to be as you as evidenced by the Switch. Well, it does because as you also pointed out, everybody's playing their Switch handheld mode. They're not playing it docked mode. Right, but they could. So, right, and I listen, there's there's pros and cons to this argument. I get where Andrew House is coming from. I don't agree with him. I, I believe that if Sony really put their heart and soul into kind of what we reported on that rumor, you know, episodes ago, where we saw that PlayStation Switch model that some fan made. If Sony really put their heart and soul into making something like that, I don't think Switch would be on the market anymore. 
I, I like, well, obviously it'd still be on the market, but I don't think they'd be successful. And I really think that the Switch is only being as successful as it is because they're so scarce and that people jump at the chance to buy one. Where I th- I think if if somebody went into their local Walmart and saw ten switches on the shelf, and it's they they know that it's not going to be sold out, they might wait a paycheck or two to pick up a switch. Where now somebody walks in, they see a switch on the shelf, they'll p- they'll spend their rent money to buy it because they know they can take it and flip it on eBay. There's a difference in the two. Yeah, but not it's that's not that's not how supply and demand works. If something is going to sell as long as there is a demand for it, and artificial scarcity, and, and I think, and I think Nintendo does that is artificial scarcity. Art, yeah, but, but artifi- I, I artificial believe, scarcity I do does not. Story. Artificial scarcity does not. It creates demand over time, but it. But if you're still making the console for they're they're still they're in, on the shelves. They are readily available at this point. You can find one. Any any weekend delivery day, my Best Buy gets 130 of them every Thursday or Tuesday or whatever the hell day it is. They get over 100 and they're and they're getting more. The fact of the matter is, if somebody knows that that they can get one, they're still wanting to buy one. Where when whatever this dies down, look at the Wii. The Wii you couldn't find the Wii for two years, and it wasn't and it was only selling what they made, but it was years three, four, five, and six. Right, one, two, three. It was two thousand six. When did Wii U, Wii U came out? Two thousand twelve, right? Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking at right it now. was the year. It was the third year on that made that console the best selling. The Wii release date was November nineteenth, two thousand six. Right. Uh, two thousand six. Right. It was on my birthday, but I think the Wii U came out in two thousand twelve, if I remember correctly. Uh, Wii U release date was November 18th, 2012. Right, okay. So, it's in six years, the first two years, you couldn't find a Wii. Okay, you couldn't find it. Um, and it was, and I think it would sold like something like 20 some odd million in the, in its first two years, okay? It made up, what, 80 million sales in the next four years, and they were everywhere. You're talking about the Wii or the Wii? I'm talking about the Wii. We okay. I'm it, Googling right now. It took it took off when it was available because everybody wanted the damn thing. Uh, I got I got mine third year three. I I think. Yeah, I think I got mine in I got mine in two thousand eight. I think. All right. So the Wii U, excuse me, the Wii worldwide uh, was okay. The dates they're given here, okay. Uh, December 31st, 2006, it was at 3.19 million. Okay. So in a, in on, a month and a half. On March 31st of 2007, worldwide was 5 million, 5.84 million, which was an increase of 83%. Uh, on June 30th of the same year, it was 9.27 million. So let's just go year. Okay. So, so they're, they're at three. Three and three point one million every six months. All right. All right. So, well, New Year's, New Year's two thousand six was at three point nine. New Year's on two thousand seven, they were at twenty million, twenty point thirteen million. Right. New Year's two thousand eight, they were at forty four million. Okay, twenty million. New Year's two thousand nine, they were at sixty seven million. There you go. 
Yep. Go ahead. Uh, New Year's 2010, they were at 84 million. Uh, New Year's 2011, uh, they were at 94.97 million. New Year's 2012, they were at 99.38. New Year's uh, 2013, they were at 100.9. Right. So before, okay. So before the Wii U came out, so they, they had but they, they averaged started, they averaged twenty but they million. They started dying off, right? Right, of course, because there was a new system. But no, they died off after the two years. No, they they got twenty million the first each of the first two years. They got twenty four million the third year. They got they got twenty four million total in the first year and a half that they were on the market. Excuse me, twenty point one three, which was. A year and a month. Right. So it, on the all market. intents and purposes, one year. Okay. So on New Year's 2008, a full year later, they were at 44.96. So let's just say 45 million. Right. So they gained the 25, 25 million, million. Right. In, in the. In two years. Two, in, a, in a two years and one month. Right. Uh, New Year's 2009, they were at 67.45. So they gained another. Twenty, almost $22 million. $22 And then a year after that, they were at eighty-four, so they were nineteen million. Right. So, by your by your argument, that when they were abundantly on the shelves, they and you actually said this last week that it was going to decline rapidly because they were going to be available. That's well, that's right, not the case. That's not the, the precedent well, has been set. That according uh, according to Wikipedia here, and, I'll, and I'm going to link you to the article so you can look at that, look at what I'm seeing too. Um, here we go. Uh, on the right, it shows the increase, and year to year, I mean, you can see the big numbers are all you know all it was all double digits until. March 31st of 2009, and then it was single digits, single digits, and then a 20% increase at Christmas 2009, and then it's all single digits until Christmas 2010, which had 11, and then it's all it's all downhill from there. It's all like less than 5% increase. Right, after, after the Wii U. But all, all, the, all the big sales happened at Christmas, which, I mean... I could arguably say, and I, like I don't, I'm not going to be ignorant, but you could arguably say that all after New Year's 2009, the only increases they had were at Christmas time, which is expected because it's Christmas time, right? So after a, a year and a half, two two years, one year, your argument saying that they boosted sales after that two years is is false because the numbers prove it's wrong. My my argument Don't... my argument is that uh, from twenty million to uh, hold on, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. From twenty million in its in its first full year on the market, one okay. full, full year plus, and then an, another twenty four million in its second year. Right, okay. and that, and what you said, just and I don't want to cut you off, but what you said was the first two years it was on the market, it was very hard to find. Right, and then you said that the sales increased when 
it was readily hard to find, and the numbers prove that's wrong. I said that it, because the numbers I, have all died okay, down. Okay, if that that all right. If I said that, that's not what I. Well, it is partly what I meant. But what I'm what I'm saying is that the slowdown that you are expecting to happen because the switch is going to be more available, as evidenced by the Wii, is not going to be. It's still going to. It's still. First of all, it's outpacing the Wii. That's first of all. So that that right off the bat t- tells you that these numbers you can expect them to be similar but of a higher percentage. But if you if you look at that argument and you say okay, so they're going up 10 million in a, in 3 months, another well 8 million, then 2 million, then 8, then 6 5 million, then 4 million every 6 months. They're not it's not going from it's not going from uh you can you can assume that every console was sold in 2006, well, yeah, 2006 obviously because there wasn't many, but it was only a month. But you could assume that every console was sold in 2007 and 2008. In 2009, you could say probably 90% of the consoles were sold. And then when they started to saturate the market, a percentage, the percentages of how many Wii's are out there and how many are being bought is going to go down, obviously. But it wasn't, it wasn't something to, that is going to be detrimental to the sales of, of the system because at this point by year three you're already close to 100 million units sold one well you're at the towards the end of year four full a full three years on the market you're looking so, at close to 100 million units sold it is that right, petering so are, off are you, are you, are you I, I, i'm listening to you but i'm also uh, doing some googles at the same time are you still on the page that i sent you yeah all right so the switch hasn't been on the market a year yet march would actually be a year right what what is uh what was the switch excuse me what was the Wii U uh in their first full year so give me it launched in 2006 give me new year's eve 2007 what was their sales to date 20.13 20.13 okay now i'm on vg charts because there's no wikipedia page for the the switch yet right and i'm looking for the switch on here To put things into perspective, we are officially six months into the Switch's life cycle. We're starting month seven. All right, the Switch is not on here. At least I'm not seeing it. The last ones that I heard or that I remember reporting was just over ten. Okay, well, I think I I I don't remember. I don't. Oh, here it is. I don't remember Nintendo Switch. Now, I don't know when this was updated. Because if you heard 10, then this is severely out of date. This has got the Switch at number 25 all time at 5.74 million. It was at five. It was at 6 million, or, or no, it was at 7 million at, at four months into its life cycle. It was at 7 million. Um, which, all right, which so would have put VG it, charts is apparently out of date. Which would have put it almost 1.5 million ahead of the Wii. But let me just let's not let's we're we're already in the we're already in the weeds on it. But I guess my point is that just because there people are having a hard time getting something does not mean that that's the only reason why it's selling as much as it is. The fact that those physical copies are out there and they're being purchased, that's how supply and demand works. So if people are going to buy it, they're going to continue making it. If they continue making it, people are going to continue to buy it. It's only when the next thing came out that the Wii became slowed down to a crawl, and that's evidenced by 
it has a million it still was gaining a million sale in sales just before uh you know uh, three months in three months period it was still selling a million copies and then when wii u came out that's when it went to a real crawl it was gaining two hundred thousand here two hundred thousand there until it petered out and died on the march 31st 2016 so 101 million units sold over its lifetime it would not shock me if the switch was at 115 million 10 years into its life cycle i don't think it's gonna go that high I, I, if it's the only one, I think it will, but I, I really think Nintendo is going to start, is going to continue to reiterate on the Switch. I think you're going to see new tablets come out that have beefed up har- uh, hardware that you just slide your Joy-Cons on and, and you go. But whatever, this is not a Nintendo podcast. But the point is, <laughs> a, the, my point is, I, I, I agree with you that whatever Sony, if Sony ever decided to put everything and all their resources into making a handheld, uh, or a hybrid or whatever, it would always be better than any, any competitor could ever make ever. That's what they do. They're a hardware company. However, I don't, what I don't think is that once they have that hardware out, they'll ever be able to make it a success because they have things in the back of their head that they have to compete with mobile. They have things in the back of their head that they have to compete with uh, switch as a hybrid device they have this thing in the back of their head that they need to compete with touch screens they don't have to they just have to make a triple a gorgeous handheld device that plays playstation games not its own playstation games not a side sect of playstation games but playstation games horizon 2 the last of us 3 you know uh, bloodborne 2 final fantasy 17 those are the games that they would need to do, but they would they don't do it because they don't they don't have the ability. They're not good at that stuff. They're not good at at competing on that level. So yeah, I think in that sense, no, we're not going to see a Vita two. I I wish we do, but like I said last week, that that we don't have. Um, this could open the door to them making down the line. Maybe they just make a PS four portable. They just make that the new. They, I mean, they made the PlayStation One that had the built-in screen. Why not do a PS4 pro- portable at some point? You never know. That I could see them doing, but whatever. All right, all right. Let's let's. Uh, we actually had an email. <laughs> oh, an email. And I, uh, where did I put the email? Did I put it over here? Is it over there now? I did. Woohoo! I did. All right, so. I think we we uh, we did this on the uh, <clears throat> lost episode. the lost episode. Yes. So a good thing is we did that out of order because I forgot we had an email this time. I remembered we had an email. There you go. So hold on a second, Alexa, turn on left light. <laughs> All right. So Stephen, yes, this is a special email for you. Oh my! Uh, if you remember on our last episode, we asked. Well, you kind of asked for trophy help. Yes, indeed. So, somebody who is going to remain nameless, because I don't know if it's their government name or their real name, they put up two names on here, but I don't know which one's their government name, which one's their PSN name, or Gabriel name, so to speak. So, I'm not going to give a name. So, we're just going to call her Hip Hop Anonymous. Hip Hop Anonymous. All right. The email goes, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, because it's actually two pages long, which is good. You also didn't forward it to me last time. I want to read it. 
I did forward it to you. Nope, I don't have it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. So it says, hi, guys. Love the show. Well, actually, many of your shows. Anyway, after listening to the latest Trophy US podcast, I had to look through my trophy collection for games for, to recommend playing for trophies. I avoided Telltale games, as you already talked about them on the podcast. Lego games are good. However, they're not quick platinums, even if they can be easy. For all the following titles, estimated times assume following a trophy guide or a full game walkthrough video. You ready, Steven? Yep. Games that take less than an hour. Black and white prosciutto. Two controllers and a second profile for multiplayer on console is required. Duke Nukem 3D, 30th Anniversary World Tour. Use in-game cheats, get trophies. Andrew Cycle, less than 20 minutes. I can attest to Andrew Cycle. Mr. Masaji, I recommend to read the text, though. It may take a little longer, a little over one hour. It's a very funny game. <laughs> From the makers of I Am Mayo. Uh, Nubula. Rockets, rockets, rockets. You need four controllers and profiles for multiplayer required. Siegecraft Commander, two controls required. Quick games that are worth playing, a.k.a. actually good games. <laughs> Icy, recommended for every trophy horror, three to five hours, skill dependent. Headlander, around six hours personally. I only need guide for a couple of the collectibles. And the bunker, under two hours for plat. And says, and I thought the story was decent. Puzzle games, Gem Smashers, Lorecroft Go, quicker with a guide. Hitman Go, quicker with a guide. Puzzle Showdown 4K, basically 100 top rated if Jigsaw Puzzle Game, two to four hours. I might have to go get that one myself. Point and Click Adventures, Day of the Tentacle, remastered, three to four hours. Dead Secrecy, tomorrow comes today, four to five hours. Adult, dark Adult Themes, Full Throttle Remastered, less than two hours. Goosebumps, terrible, but takes less than three hours for both playthroughs combined. Her Majesty Spiffin, Platin under two hours. The Inner World, four to five hours. The Little Acre, three to four hours. Other Weird Games, everything Japanese, uh, everything 12 to 20 hours may take long, but you can set the game to play itself. I like that. Jazz Punk, one to two hours. Skyscrapers, three to four hours. Oh, All story-based trophies must be popped in one sitting. Games that make Hannah Montana look good. Ooh. Albedo, Eyes from Outer Space. <laughs> God awful, but only three to four, three, two to three hours. Blackwood Crossing, first person experience, three to four hours. Clockwork Tales of Glass and Ink, hidden object game really requires one playthrough, four hours. Coffin Dodgers, three to five hours. Gemini, Heroes Reborn, five to six hours. Monster Jam Crush It, five to six hours. Nero, three to four hours. PlayStation Clock Manipulation may be required. As Steve is a fan, Nintendo fanboy, Oceanhorn, Zelda Kong can be done in 10 to 12 hours. Now, here, here, we, here we go, Steven. Game... Trophy Horror Games, I do not recommend. Adam's Venture Origins, three to five. Uh, excuse me, four to five hours. Just awful. Dying Reborn, Walking Sim Puzzle Room Escape, three hours feels like 20. Ikimu, really awful 3D platformer, three to, five, <laughs> three to four hours. Goat Simulator, personally, I like the game, but Flappy Goat Trophy equals controllers being thrown. I and the goddess can attest to that. Orc Slayer, three to four hours. Warning, this is terrible. No, it's worse than that. No, really. Snoopy, Snoopy's Great Adventure, eight to ten hours. Ben spent That's playing awful. a Telltale game. Toro, six to eight hours. Bad, just bad. Virginia, first-person experience requires two playthroughs. Incredibly boring, three to four hours. Wheels of Arella, 16 playthroughs required. Makes Virginia look interesting, boring, six to eight hours. 
Good games. You know, I said I wasn't going to read this whole thing, but I'm actually going through this pretty damn quick. And that's why I keep going. Good games that are a little longer. Doom. Play on easy. Use map glitch for ultra nightmare trophy. Dex. 10 to 12 hours. Use a guide. It's good, fun. I recommend giving it a try. Life is Strange. 10 to 12 hours. Chapter select for missiles available. Minecraft. PS4 can use safe manipulation to make world with creative mode pop trophies. Rocket League. 10 to 12 hours of playing then. Leave the controller. Lacquered. Rubber band for several nights. You don't have to do it several nights. Finishes off the email. Anyway, I hope this list gives a little food for thought for bulking out the platinum list. There may be some good games that you consider obvious that are missing, but these are all games I've achieved in the platinum trophy on, and so to speak, on my personal experience. In case you were wondering, which I doubt, most most, most full platinum is Godzilla, not Hannah Montana. Keep on gaming, guys, and I'll keep on listening. Cheers. Yeah, I almost want to make this a Google Doc and put the link in our in our show article. Um, I did take notes. I have two pages I full of notes. I just sent it to you but, uh, again. When sends me the email, I will. All right, good. I'll, I'll check it. I'll check it when the show's over. But thank you very much for your suggestions. I hope, uh, uh, you know, I, I hope I can make you proud and at least pop one of those 37 games. Is that how many I just listed? <laughs> it's it's it, it seems like more than that actually, <laughs> but that's that's incredible. You know what? Thank you very much. Keep them coming. Keep the suggestions coming. I think, especially if you look at my trophy list, my my games list on my on my PSN. My PSN is at is uh, Batchild twenty seven. It's the same as my Twitter handle. Um, look at it and see, look through my games and say, hey. I noticed that you only that you have X percent on this game. Here's how you get the rest of them. You know, send me some tricks. Send me some tips. Come on, people. Keep them coming. All right. So there you go. You, I, I, I'm looking at the email right now in the email box. You have it. Okay, good. Wonderful. Let's do it. All right. So with that being said, let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. Like, I cleaned up a, a giant pile of my son's vomit in the middle of the show, so we paused not just once, but twice, <laughs> because my son threw up all over his crib. I, we gotta find some transition music for the first break. <laughs> I, I, I'm considering, like, putting in, like, the Rager's Gold Horn, or... Uh, yeah, but it's some, depressing. Or some uh, elevator music. <laughs> or maybe we could put in the Lost Quiz from uh, NDS. Ugh. We have to explain how you're negative 10 points. All right. Uh, oh, no, it doesn't exist. That quiz never happened. I'm still got 100 sure, points. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Proofagame.com is looking for some writers, podcasters, videos, news reporters, and generalized help with the site. If you're interested in applying, go to Proofagame.com, click on the Help Wire tab, and fill out the application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of our articles and all of our videos. Speaking of our videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. Also, you can catch me streaming at random times on twitch.tv backslash Proving Gamer. And hopefully soon, I'll be back to the Extra Life stream team, and I can get back to streaming for them, and I will update you guys on the time and dates for that. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is our phone number. Steven, without cheating. 330-PROVEN9. That's 330-776-8369. Very good. Even though I know you cheated because I'm watching your eyes. I always cheat. <laughs> you can get a hold of us on Twitter to contact the site at Proving Gamer. You can contact the show at Trophy Wars. You can contact me at Tricky Mick. Contact Yield at I Yield to No One. You can contact Alex at Saundersaurus Rex. Contact Steven at Bat Child 27. That's me. 
If you listen, excuse me, you can also send us an email at trophyhorrorsatprovinggamer.com. You know what? I almost want to try to convince Troy to come back just to read emails. He has a good email reading voice. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it, but be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers, The Smart Marks, Nintendo Do Screens, and Game Stuff. All of the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your po- various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, Tune In, and you can listen to The Smart Marks and I, excuse me, The Smart Marks and Trophy Horrors on iHeartRadio. Yeah. You can get involved in our PlayStation 4 communities. There is one for the site called Proving Gamer. There is one for the show called the T-Dubbers Brothel. Why, Steven? Because stupidy Samboobadoo won't let us change, uh, say whores in the... Uh, in the Shui Shui Samboobaboo. Shui Yoshida will not let us say whores on PlayStation. And you can get involved in Guild's group, the Platinum Guild... Which uh, I'm I'm putting it out there right now. Extra life day, five platinums. No, you increase from three to five. Oh, I can't wait. Five platinums on extra life. You're just setting yourself up. Yep. All right, and that is going to bring us to the end of the housekeeping. But we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is Extra Life. Steven, you want to tell us about Extra Life? Oh, Extra Life is a wonderful charity organization that raises money for the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, the way it works is – well, it, it, it goes on throughout the year, but on, uh, on November 4th, which is the date that it happens on this year, we do a uh, – uh, gamers do 24 and this year 25 because it's Daylight Savings – our marathon to uh, raise money for the Children's Miracle Network. Um, the way it happens uh, – the way it works is that – you can join a team. You could create a team. You could just, you know, play individually. You make a little fundraising page um, for hours. You can go to pro- uh, provengamer.com. We we do have a little uh, icon or, on there, a little advertisement for it on the website. You could donate directly to us. You could watch a stream, et cetera, et cetera. But if you go to extra-life.org, you can start your own team, uh, find the team near you, find the hospital near you, um, and you raise money for a local Children's Miracle Network Hospital. They raised over $9.1 million last year. Already have raised close to $2 million, I believe, before the event has even started. Um, so we're already, already on pace to to shatter that. Now, uh, if you want to join us, our team, you can. Just search for Proving Gamer on extra-life.org. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. So... Uh, we're we're really looking forward to it. We're getting our ducks in a row. I know Tricky plans on doing all 25 hours. Uh, I'm going to do a, you know, a nice little stretch there. I know our own uh, Andy from Dual Screens, he's also going to be doing 25 hours. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And we haven't, I, I haven't quite figured out the, uh, the Proving Gamer Twitch stream uh, schedule yet. I mean, I'm all of us are going to be playing for the 25 hours. That's not an issue. The issue is who's actually going to be streaming. There actually may be times where all of us are streaming. Maybe we'll get a division game going or a Fortnite or something. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe Fortnite Battle Royale? Maybe. Or maybe we could play some trivia murder party. Oh, all right. (laughs) I'm undefeated in trivia murder party. I'm sure you cheated. Oh, I definitely cheated. I am actually not undefeated. I've actually beaten. I actually got beat by Sweet Mama D on stream. 
Oh, man. All right. Cool. So there's proof that I've lost. And I lost to my eight-year-old daughter, who <laughs> admitted she guessed 100% of the time <laughs> and still beat a person that actually knows what the questions meant. There's no way to, uh, to uh, you know, predict a guesser. That's the problem. No, and one thing that uh, we also can't predict is predict who is going to sponsor us when it comes to our Patreon. Oh, yes. Proven Gamer, Proven Gamer has launched, officially launched a Patreon. Uh, if you listen to last week's shows, which I think only two of them came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good launch week. <laughs> hey, pay us for our content, but we're only going to give you half the content you normally get. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so my apologies to that. Uh, you know, we're still working out the kinks. But we have launched a Patreon. Uh, a little bit. I'm just gonna read because obviously these words uh, came from my heart. So I'm gonna read uh, what you see when you go to our Patreon page, which is Patreon.com/backslashProvingGamer. Uh, it says more than six years ago, Proving Gamer was born with a bunch of hard work and dedicated people who would never ask for anything other than the ability to get their voices out about video games. Thanks entirely to your love and support, Proven Gamer has grown to levels we have never expected, so that's pretty cool. Thank you. Thanks to you, the world has a new number one PlayStation podcast on the East Coast, the best wrestling podcast on the internet, and two of the up-and-coming podcasts, Nintendo Dual Screens and Game Stuff. But now it's time to come to, it's come time to pay the staff, but unfortunately our sponsorships are few and far in between. No matter what tier you support us at here on Patreon, know that your subscription helps us to not only eat, pay our utilities, and make rent, but to produce better content for you as well. Proven Gamer simply would not be a reality without the support of thousands of our biggest ardent fans on Patreon, and for that, we thank each and every one of you. So whether you give us a buck a month or even up to Andy to or one of our higher premium tiers, know that you're part of the engine that makes Proven Gamer go. Yep. So, let's talk about our Patreon for a second here, because even me and you... We definitely collaborated a lot. Uh, this has actually been in the works for, I think, close to two months now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Two months. Um, August. Late August. So there are tiers. Uh, there is the uh, the PG Minion, the PG Podcast Minion. Uh, those are our $1 tiers. The, the Minion one uh, helps support the writers. The Podcast Minion helps support the podcasters. And then we have the $3 levels, the PG Mini Boss, which is for the writers, the podcast. Uh, PG Podcast Mini Boss, which supports the podcast. You have the PG Boss, which uh, is our five dollar tier that goes to help the writers, and the PG Podcast, which is also the five dollars. And then you have our more premium tiers, which has, helps everybody on the site, which is the PG Final Boss, which is twenty dollars. The second stage for the PG Boss, which is fifty dollars, and the final form, which is our highest tier, which is a hundred dollars. No matter what tier you support us at. Uh, all the money uh, does go to the site. It does help out everything in, involved, and every one of these has uh, Discord perks attached to it, too. Uh, depending on what tier you go to, there you may be able to do a live stream with us. You may actually get your n- name said on the show. Uh, you may give us topics that we talk about. Um, and there's different rewards once we hit our uh, certain levels as a site. Uh, we... Uh, we, we're promising different things uh, for their first goal, which is to make $250 a month. You're going to get a basic audio version of our shows on YouTube. 
Uh, if we hit a, our next goal, we're going to do a community game night in which we stream uh, once a month with the community, and we're going to put that on YouTube. Uh, our next tier is we're actually going to release a fifth podcast, which is going to feature everybody on Proven Gamer. It's not just a particular set of hosts. It's going to be everybody involved making the, the thing. Our next uh, one of one of our next goals is to release a mobile app for the game. Uh, there's also a goal to swap out hosts, so there may be a time when the trophy horrors host the smart marks, and the dual screens they host game stuff, and the show will be done just as it normally always does, but you're just getting it from a different perspective. And uh, there's also a site re- redesign, a console giveaway. Uh, YouTube of our shows, so we're going to be live streaming the shows or just making videos of the show, putting them on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have to figure out how to do that. Uh, so it's going to start at one at a time, and then we're going to have to work out the kinks. But that's all far in the future. Uh, but I'm happy to say, Stephen, that oh. we a- we actually have uh, Patreons already. Yes. So, so I want to give a shout out to uh, these three people. And I'm not going to do government names, um, but we have a $5 pledge, we have a $20 pledge, and we have a $1 pledge. And uh, I'm not going to mention their names because I don't have permission to do that. But just know that uh, everybody on staff really appreciates everybody that stepped up and uh, contributed to the Patreon. Again, the Patreon is patreon.com backslash proving gamer. And even if you give us a dollar, you know, we're more than happy. And just also know this, no matter if you support us, don't support us, every single thing that you're getting right now on Proving Gamer is and will always be free. We are never going to charge for the content you already get. Correct. So with that being said, we have one other sponsor because I was speaking so much, I need to go get something to drink. Steven, what is our last sponsor? Oh, you all know about this little website. It's very small. It's an upstart. It's a small, brand new company called Amazon.com. Oh, you've heard of it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Amazon.com is one of our sponsors. They they have advertisements plastered all over our website. Um, so next time you're doing some uh, shopping, you're planning on doing some Amazon shopping, go to ProvingGamer.com, click on one of the advertisements. It brings you directly to Amazon. Do your shopping like normal, and the website will get a little kickback. Um, that helps us uh, pay for additional fees for you know hosting the website and whatnot. Um, also, if you have Amazon Prime, that that comes hand in hand with a Twitch Prime subscription, and every month you can go to Proving Gamers uh, Twitch, uh, which is Twitch.tv/ProvingGamer, and you can subscribe to us as a Prime uh, member, and we will also get a little kickback on that. So there's ways that you could uh, help us each and every month just by doing normal Amazon stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. On top of you know our, our newly launched Patreon. And it's also worth noting that September is still going on. Twitch extended their promotion uh, a few extra weeks. So if you are interested in supporting your uh, local Twitch streamer, no matter if it's Proving Gamer, which we would gladly love to have your subscription to, uh, no matter what subscription you you give, whether it's the $5, the $10, or the $25, uh, know that for the next few days after the show comes out, I gotta find the exact date ends. Uh, every subscription is half off, 
So every new subscription up until the end of their uh, September promotion, uh, Twitch is not taking any money from, and all the money that you donate is going straight to your favorite streamer. So if you Good don't stuff. have Twitch Prime and you want to support your streamer, it's only going to cost you 250 That's good. All right, so this has been a long show, Stephen. Yes, it has. <laughs> Breaking up all the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Why don't you start us off? Sure. Shout-out to my little boy, Jack, who had a sour tummy, and I think he still has not fallen asleep. So I'm gonna after the show, I'm going to go up and check on him, make sure he's okay. Uh, Shout-out to my wife, who took that like a hero, came down to get me, but it was okay. She... It was gross. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to the Rangers who I just despise right now. Um, <laughs> you don't despise them. <laughs> they just uh, had shout a, out to, they they had a bad game, bad couple of games. Uh, shout out to you, Tricky. Thank you as always for allowing me to to host podcasts. It's uh, and write for a, a really uh, cool website with a lot of cool people. Um, and thank you to the listeners who, without you, um, we would be talking to our sheetrock walls for nothing. So thank you. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. Without you guys, the show would not exist. The site would not exist. And without your love and support, we would not have been able to launch things like Patreon. Uh, and it, that's a way that you could support us. Uh, shout out to the three people that already donated to us on Patreon. Believe me, that is very humbling and uh Steven actually told us, told me the first time somebody uh, made, uh, you know, a commitment to paying us every month, which I thought was really weird because I didn't think we were going to get one until we actually officially started talking about it on the shows and everything. And within two hours of our launch, we had our first Patreon, which is just humbling. So thank yep. you very much. And I'm going to write a uh, a thank you postcard because I made a I made a promise that the first person to support us on Patreon was going to get a handwritten letter from me or a postcard or something like that. So I still have to do that. And uh, there's still a promotion with the Patreon. The first ten dollar or more subscription. Uh, I know we have a twenty dollar one, but that person has foregone it. Uh, the first person that donates at least ten dollars a month is going to get a free PC Steam version of the Absolver uh, sent to them by me. So uh, that's still out there, and hopefully, uh, well, hopefully it's not still uh, live when the show goes <laughs> comes out. But for your benefit, I hope it's still live. Shout out to the goddess and sweet mama D. And, uh, yeah, I guess until next week, if there's nothing else, happy trophy on. Be excellent to each other. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> <laughs>